The scripture reading today is from Luke chapter 6, verses 12 through 16. Now during those days, he went out to the mountain to pray, and he spent the night in prayer with God. And when he came, and when day came, he called the disciples and chose 12 of them, whom he also named apostles, Simon, who he named Peter, and his brother Andrew, and James, and John, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas, and James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon, who was called the Zealot, and Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Big decisions. This is a season of big decisions. With local and national elections in the coming days, there's some big decisions to be made regarding whom to elect to office and what policies to be implemented. But when you think of big decisions, maybe not politically, but perhaps personally, I'm curious what decisions come to mind for you. For me, I think back to decisions around houses, cars, dogs. In 2006, getting a few years back, Karina and I bought a townhome, or excuse me, a condo in Springfield, Missouri. And that was when the, if you remember those days, the real estate market was booming and I had a real estate friend who was like, hey, great idea to invest in great idea to invest in real estate, you know, even if you if you only sell it for what you, you paid for it, you'll be living rent-free. Well, if you can remember those days, of course, what happened, the bottom fell out of the real estate market, and we soon found ourselves deeply underwater. Thankfully, we were able to rent it out, and we've been renting it out ever since, and uh, many others found themselves in worse situations, but a situation for which uh, we hold some regret About six years ago, it's hard to believe it's 2023 coming up, but anyway, about six years ago, 2016, uh, we were in the market for a new vehicle, and we purchased a Prius C Wagon. I don't remember if you all remember that vehicle. Um, Korean had been in the market for a new car, and we were convinced that this was going to be the car for us. It was going to be Karina's uh, daily driver, and, you know, she was, she was, good with the car and we were thought that was the car for us and then about three months later she came to me and it's like I hate this car (laughs) as you can imagine it's kind of hard to get out from underneath a nearly brand new car without losing your shirt and uh, thankfully if you remember around that time that was also the time when the the Volkswagen clean clean diesel scandal if you remember that and we just happened to somehow find uh an environmentalist who worked for like the Sierra Club, and she had just gotten rid of this clean diesel car, so she was really trying to make a good environmental uh, new or car purchase, and she bought our car from under, you know, bought our car, and we managed to get out from underneath that debt without uh, too much, too much losses. 
And then one more decision. I, I mentioned pets. Uh, probably around that same time, I think this was spring of 2016, uh, we had just that winter put down our beloved uh, chocolate lab, Toby. He had, he had cancer and it had returned. So we had adopted this dog, Murphy. It's kind of like a bit of a rash decision. And uh, Karina decided, I'm blaming this all on Karina, she decided we needed another dog. Uh, so we drove to Brush in that Prius wagon and picked up this chocolate lab puppy named Maggie. We named her Maggie. And uh, this is not the happy-go-lucky uh, puppy story like Reverend Sandy shares uh, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Murphy is a good companion, but he barks a lot. He gets in the trash. He's aggressive towards other dogs. And Maggie has just a myriad of health issues. And it seems like every six months or so, Cree and I have this conversation about rehoming the dogs. Uh, and to this point, we still have them. <laughs> you can see my enthusiasm. And part of it is, like, after you have little kids, it's just, it's just not the same, uh, your, your feelings for dogs and for kids. Um, the irregardless, some big decisions about which I have at least some measure of regret now, thankfully, not all decisions in my life have been that regretful. Uh, in 2008, we purchased a, a little townhome in Westminster. Uh, we held on for 10 years and saw some fabulous returns on that. Uh, Karina has been driving a super forester for the last three years that she's pretty fond of, right? And we still have the dogs. That's about all I can say. We still have them. <laughs> uh, you know... I think uh, when I was working on what to write for the sermon, I was kind of at a writer's block, and I took the dogs for a walk, and that was okay. So that's how we feel about the dogs. <laughs> I sometimes admit to enjoying their company, so that's what I'll say. How do you make decisions in your life? In the business world, there are all sorts of processes and matrices in business school, I learned about all these different kinds of methods and, and madness ways that people have and businesses have to make decisions. Uh, there are several different methods that can be utilized, diff different frameworks around case interviews. Uh, in, in one class, I learned all about the SWOT matrix analysis. And then, of course, there's what often is the most important decision is how will it affect the bottom line. Decisions are complicated, and, and often in church uh they're no different. Many different churches uh, uh, utilize all kinds of different methods to make decisions. Some churches have basically where the pastor has all the power and makes all the decisions. Other churches, they utilize something like an elder board, which is similar to a, to a business board to make decisions. And still, in some churches, the entire congregation basically makes uh, the decision as a, as a vote for big decisions. It's, it's varied and it's complicated. One thing for sure, whether in business and politics and life or in church, is that prayer is often a forgotten part of the decision-making process. Yes, I am speaking on prayer once again. This week I found myself wondering how I got stuck with the topic of prayer twice in a two-month span, but here we are. <laughs> In all seriousness, prayer is an important topic that deserves attention and emphasis. 
and more, I believe, that should be an important part of our decision-making process. Here we are in our third week of our stewardship campaign, and myself, along with Reverend Sandy and the rest of the church leadership, is inviting you to consider, to decide, how to support this church in the year ahead. And today I want to encourage you to make prayer an essential element of that decision-making process. After all, that is what Jesus did. So, Reverend, uh, not Reverend, but Deb read this morning, where is she? There she is. Deb read this morning uh, from a rather important text, the choosing of the 12 disciples. These would be 12 men who would travel with Jesus, who would be his closest personal companions, who would share his message with others. The moment of choosing these disciples is seen as important because it's, it's included in every story of Jesus in the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All four of these gospel books, as they're called, include in some amount this story. Now, what I can find interesting is that I like to sometimes compare how the four different gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, will tell a story. So again, if we remember the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all recount in one way or another the story of Jesus. And they often do this in different ways, or they all have their own kind of, their own way of telling the story. And some, some pastors, like Reverend Sandy and myself, we have a book that essentially you can open it up and it'll lay out side by side by side how these different stories are told in one book or the other. So since I'm, since I'm a self-avowed church nerd, uh, I have this book, and I was opening it up this week to look at it. So in the passage that Deb read from Luke chapter 6, this story is also found in Matthew chapter 10, and then also in Mark chapter 3. In the book of John, there's a little tidbit in John chapter 1. But the point, of, the point I'm trying to make is when you compare these sort stories side by side, is that in Luke's version, what Deb again read this morning, is that in Luke, it's the only one that explicitly mentions the story of Jesus spending the night in prayer. Again, I'll read it here. Luke wrote, In these days he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. Now again, Matthew and Mark both include that Jesus went up to the mountain, but they leave out the prayer part. And I can only wonder why. My guess, perhaps, would be in Luke's retelling of the story, which was written after Mark's version, and to a different non-Jewish audience, Luke wanted to be explicit to make clear that prayer was an essential part of Jesus' decision-making process. And think about how essential it was. It wasn't just as simply a prayer before a meal as some of us might have been used to in our time. It wasn't a recited prayer before bed. It was an all-night, alone-on-the-mountain prayer by himself. And he had a big decision ahead of him. Who would be the 12 men that would journey alongside of him? Who would he trust with his life? Who would he trust to carry on his message? You know, looking back, we might sort of wonder how Jesus felt about his decision. After all, remember, Peter denied him 
before, what, three times before the crucifixion, Judas betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. I wonder if Jesus might have some regret. But I'm guessing, I'm guessing if we could go back and ask Jesus if he had any regret, he would say no, because he had started with prayer, he had bathed that decision in prayer, and he was committed to seeking God's wisdom. We find ourselves, as I said, in a time of decision-making. Yes, the political decisions that happen around us in our communities, but also our stewardship campaign. And while, as I mentioned, there are multiple strategies for making a business decision, there are voter guides of all kinds depending on your uh, political persuasion. But what kind of guide do we have for deciding where to invest our time, our talents, and our treasure? I believe we have the example of Jesus. This morning I want to encourage you to start with prayer. Now, if you're like me, prayer often comes as an afterthought. After you've been racking your brain all day, tossing and turning all night, it's like, oh, I guess I should pray. What if we started with prayer? And more, not only what if we started with prayer, but what if we made time to pray continually while leaving room for God's Spirit to show us the way? You know, the interesting thing about many of these uh, decision-making matrices in the business world is that they're explicitly designed to leave out emotion, or at least that's what my professor told me. And I can imagine we've all probably been, or at least heard about, some kind of decision-making process that's been hijacked by emotion or irrational behavior. But we can all agree, I think, that it's important to leave room for God. And I'm not saying that God can't work through a SWOT matrix analysis. What I am saying is that prayer and listening needs to be a priority, not an afterthought. And I like me a SWOT matrix analysis for those who know that sort of thing. Uh, but if we're using a SWOT matrix analysis, let's say, just like I'm struggling with this, excuse me, if we're using a SWOT matrix analysis, we, we need to begin with prayer. We need to pause for prayer. We need to end with prayer. And enough about uh, SWOT matrix analysis. The point of this message is to be in prayer, both the speaking and the listening. You know, history is filled with bad decisions. Whether it be something in business or in politics like New Coke or the Bay of Pigs invasion. We can all look back on life decisions we made, whether jobs, houses, relationships, or dogs. Now, perhaps you're thinking, Lauren, like, hey, it's only stewardship season. It's not that big of a deal. And yes, there's no conversations, at least that I'm aware of, around spending millions of dollars on a new product launch, or there's no talk about invading a foreign adversary. But your decisions on how to give to the church, how much to pledge, has a very real impact on how our church and leadership plans our ministry efforts into the coming year. 
Even now, committees are planning their budgets. Your pastors, Reverend Sandy and myself, are planning and strategizing ways to impact people. And staff are planning how they can continue to serve the church and community in the coming year. Simply put, your decisions around giving will have implications both now and into the coming years ahead. Part of the reason our church was able to weather the financial storm of COVID so well is thanks to many years of faithful giving and wise stewardship of investments. Myself, the financial team, even Reverend Sandy can't decide for you how to give. Rather, we encourage you, I encourage you, to be in prayer about that decision. And again, not simply to be in prayer about your pledge, but to prioritize prayer in your entire life. You know, when I look back on decisions that I made in my life and decisions that I regret, a correlation that I find is when I allow time for prayer and when I allow time to listen, things turned out better. Now, I can't guarantee that every time we pray, things will always work out in the end. Sometimes we can't hear God clearly. Sometimes our own stuff gets in the way. And sometimes other people just mess things up. But I do believe that starting with prayer, making time to listen, makes it far more likely to end with a positive result. So whether it be this stewardship campaign whether it be your political decisions, maybe even whether to get a pet. Start with prayer. Make time to listen and see if stuff doesn't turn out better in the end. Let us pray. God, my prayer for us this morning, my prayer for myself is that when it comes to big decisions in our lives, we would follow the example of Jesus to be in prayer, to listen to your voice, and to seek your ways now and always. God, be with us this day and every day. Amen.